Hello, everybody. As usual, my name's Roland Prince. I am back for my little bit of a hiatus from the podcast from the last episode, but I am back and I am better than ever. My Instagram, as usual, is at Roland the Prince and Jamie. What's your Instagram again? I at James Life. Life with is. an extra E. Life with an extra E. Mm-hmm. L-I-F-E-E. And to start off the podcast in usual manner, how are you doing, Jamie? Life is good, and it's really good today because I'm not doing this podcast alone. <laughs> okay, I said I was sorry. I was busy. No, no, I'm not. I had bo- a meeting. <laughs> I wasn't bothered by it whatsoever. It was kind of a really interesting creative challenge. Like, huh, how can I talk to a microphone for an hour at least by myself? By yourself. And I somehow managed to get to an hour and 20 when I realized I should really end this. Like, I could have kept going. And I realized, actually, if you go back and listen to uh, Traveling Alone Across the World or whatever I called it, um, I, I think I skipped Singapore. I, I forgot to mention. Skip Singapore. That's the most important of the pores. I know. You gotta sing about it. Yes. It's like clean and clear and under control. Exactly. <laughs> but um, but no, how, how was the solo pod experience? That's something I've, I've never done. I've never been able to do a podcast by myself, so... It was really interesting. I enjoyed it. It was therapeutic, but the worst part about it was doing it twice. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. you forgot to hit you hit record arm, and then you forgot to hit record again. Yeah. See, it happens. It happens. See, I didn't know that's how mics like that worked. I, I, I can't say I didn't tell you. It was a while ago, though. That's true. That's so true. I hadn't used it since. Yeah, for those of you... Yeah, exactly. For those of you who don't know... Uh, he, Jamie did that on a portable recorder, or portable recording device, a Tascam portable recorder. So high end, uh, high end of the high end. Like you can get fucking, you could be doing like foley with on this shit, and people normally do. So when I was when I was in school, when we were learning how to do foley, and we were learning how to do audio for video, that's the actual thing that we were recording onto because it has your XLR inputs. You can plug in like a pro- proper shotgun mic or like to use as your boom and record into that. And Every like I had to go through the same learning curve when I was actually recording the audio because I would be the guy sitting there with the with the recorder and it's like all right record armed sound speed and like the sound speed means you you start it but you have to hit it twice and it was the most weird thing but like it's kind of just like Pro Tools where you have to hit record then play in order for it to go that's kind of like a tape machine just like classic yeah see like but, I'm used to cameras where you hit record and it records yeah see that's the difference between cameras and audio cameras are intuitive. It makes sense. It's all good. It's a camera. And then uh, audio is just like, debatable. <laughs> fuck you. They, they at the at surface level. At surface make level, sense. yes. And 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 same thing with audio. It's just like everything does make sense, but then like once you get into the specifics of everything, anything, it makes, gets harder. Everything makes sense at surface level. Exactly. The ocean makes perfect sense at surface level, but mm-hmm. once you go down deep, that's when you get munched by a sea monster. So well, there you go. That's when you see all the twisted, crazy shit that happens in the ocean. You're just saying that because you don't want to swim with sharks. No, I have no intention <laughs> of wanting to swim with sharks, but will I do it? Yes, if it's free. I will pay for my tra- travel there. I will have my pina coladas. Okay, I will go. have my feet up on the beach. And then don't come crying to me when you when you, when you you lost a leg and ask for some fucking forgiveness or, or like or, or like me feel sorry for you. Hey, I'm going to sit there good, and I'm going to go, ha ha, you lost your leg. It would make a good pod. Yeah, that's it would make a good podcast. Hey, everybody, <laughs> listen to my leg. Oh wait, I don't have a leg. <laughs> Cause I went which should we imagine we got un, like waterproof mics or something and like actually <laughs> recorded ourselves going and dealing with these sharks. <laughs> yeah, just just screaming. Uh fu- I I'd be down. I'd be I, down to record. All you that. hear like muffled for me muffled underwater be like 
bruh. <laughs> the whole time, just we bruh. need to film that experience when we actually do go shark diving and put it up on the on the podcast page for people to see how terrified yeah. I am of sharks. And we'll we'll take all the audio from all the podcasts that we've talked about how scared you're gonna be. And Layer like, it over some dramatic music yeah. beforehand, so the buildups there. Yeah, yeah, it's like I ain't getting no fucking water. No, I ain't getting no fucking water with no fucking I ain't getting sharks, in but. with no teeth sea demons. That's what I call them, sea demons, because I ain't doing they're, that. Kind of like sea demons. But anyways, here's a blart. Blart. We ran our first ever giveaway, and we can officially announce the winner. The wiener. The winner. So I'm going to quickly pull up the Instagram. Remember, the only way to have entered the giveaway was to DM us the response to how would you use high-performance habits to survive a post-apocalyptic world? Like what six... Uh, what six high performance habits would you want and would be beneficial in a post apocalyptic scenario? So, uh, what was the, who was the response from? Hamza Qureshi. Hamza Qureshi. So local <laughs> well, local entrepreneur starting his second business and uh, yeah, just all around great guy. And I think him of all the people that submitted will probably get the most value out of the book, which is why. I ended up selecting him. All right. Um, and he said, the logical one is that I would use the high performance habits to form and coach a team. From there, I'd build a sanctuary slash village that will consist of these high performers, but they'll be trained with an empathetic approach so we all don't kill each other. That's a very good, there's, very good idea. <laughs> there's power in having a tribe and a team. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's the whole old adage, strength, strength in numbers. That's why the gazelles got homies, you know? So yeah, congratulations, Hamza. You have won yourself a free copy of High Performance Habits by Brennan Burchard as the first ever whole lot of nothing giveaway. And if you are a person who has a has a company, you make products, you want to uh, you want to get them a little bit of extra exposure, we'd be happy to give away some free shit. You know, why not? I love mm-hmm. giving away things to people and especially things that are going to benefit someone's life in a good way that will push them forward to uh, continue, continue doing what they're doing if they're on a good path or get them going towards the good path that they want to be on. So I'm yeah. sure all 27 of our average listeners will really hey, enjoy. All of those people are loyal and dedicated fans. I'm pretty sure one of them Listen, has a homie that sells. Some. I would say 27 whole lot of nothing listeners is equivalent to like 10,000 Joe Rogans. We're that deep. Yep. yep yeah. You yep. know, the trust runs that deep. It so, runs you know, advertisers. Like the ocean. Like advertisers. The, like the, Look the, at us. Like the house of the demon fish, the ocean <laughs> runs deep. <laughs> oh, goodness uh, gracious. Yeah. You, you're going to have me having fucking shark nightmares, man. I don't like sharks, man. I, I keep I know we keep on looping back to sharks, but like ah. mm, I can't wait. We're gonna go to Hawaii and some shit. It's like little little trip, mini trip. We'll go to Oahu, do some cool ass hikes, get some dope ass drone footage. Well, Oahu, are you bringing with you? Because I know I don't want to go for the fucking fucking around with no sharks. Hey, we'll start with dolphins. All right, dolphins we'll are warm fine. Up. Dolphins. We'll warm I feel up. like I could reason with a dolphin. We'll warm up with some spinner dolphins. Those are fine. And you go, you go enjoy the whole process. When I was, I, the only time I've ever actually experienced dolphins is when I was super young. I forget what age I was, but my mom, my mom was visiting a friend down in Miami. Shaq? No, no, it wasn't Shaq. <laughs> uh, no, 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 it was, a, it was a friend. But anyway, we're going down to, to to Miami, and we're hanging out down there. And we uh, we ended up having to drive from drive somewhere, and to get there, we had to drive past the ocean. So we're driving past the ocean, driving over this bridge by the uh, by the beach, and I look out the window, and I just saw like a pod of dolphins just like breaching out of the water. Is it, is it still breaching if it's not whales? 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, they were just jumping out the water, doing their cool little dolphin shit. sending him, bro. But yeah, they were going at it. And actually, recently I was on Instagram and I saw this cool ass thing. It's a fucking dolphin shaped su- mini submarine. It's a one person sub, but it's almost like. Oh, I saw yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's almost and like. It goes a, like crazy fast. It goes crazy fast, but like you can go underwater, like just moderately underwater. Not like you can't go like yeah, fucking deep diving. Yeah, it's not a full diving. submarine. It, it yeah. kind of like just hovers at the surface and then will kind of go just below the surface. Yeah, but you can go just below and then pop up and just jump out of the water. Just like a dolphin. Like a dolphin. And it's shaped like a dolphin, but like a massive fucking dolphin but still shit's insane i would love i would love to try one of those i That'd would be so but at the same, like i think of that and i see it i'm like man what if you like crash you die yeah like there's no eject button like a plane you can just yeah, you like can't eject out of a car driving that yeah, just but, as fast but like imagine driving a car in yeah, an open parking lot most, you're not gonna hit nothing yeah but most driving of the time that thing when, in the middle of the ocean you're not gonna hit shit no but most of the time you're driving a car you know, like you're not ending up in water where you can drown. But that's not anything happens, any leak, any crack. Ooh, how you get out? I wanna know how that safety. swim, nigga. Yeah, but how how do you swim if you can't get out? Well, you gotta figure out a way. You got yourself in, you gotta get Ooh. yourself out. <laughs> Buttons that, that, jammed. Yeah, exactly, bro. It just you gotta get yourself you got yourself in, you can get yourself out. That's what finding Nemo taught me. You got yourself in, you get yourself out. It's not true. Finding Nemo is so dependent on everyone else around him to help him out. No, but let's, okay, no, that's what the fucking Scarface fish taught him when he was, okay, so remember he had to go, he had to go in through the fucking filter to put oh. that pebble in. He got himself in, but then the, the pebble I slipped I thought you meant the situation in general of getting, oh. like, scooped up. I was no, like, no, the no, fuck? No, no, no. I was like, no, he was helped out by everybody. Yeah, he was helped out by everybody. He was helped out by freaking damn high-ass turtles. Hey, those turtles were lit as fuck. So, yeah, those bro. Those the chillest ass turtles I've ever seen. But anyway, I'm just saying, you get yourself into a situation, you got to get yourself out. That's why I'm saying, if I get bitten by a shark, I'm not blaming the shark, I'm blaming myself because I put myself in that situation. I thought you were going to blame me. Well, I yeah, put- you put me in that situation in the end, so. Yeah, that's a good point. I would blame you. I'd be like, bitch, suck it up. Yeah, uh, if I get a shark bite, you will be hearing from my attorneys. But, you know, and so will the shark. <laughs> Just pull the shark out of the water. Just be like, oh, you're going like, to court today, boy. Oh. It's like, we're, we're bringing a damn tank to court, too. <laughs> you <laughs> just roll him up. Like, roll him up on this damn cart, and you just see this, like, friggin' tank with a shark in it. Defendant, what do you have to say for yourself? <laughs> All right, how do you plead? Blubty. Send a guilty, just blubty. Guilty. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Had to keep that water constantly moving because these sharks will fall asleep if you keep them still. But anyway. It's called tonic immobility. There it is. I didn't know the term for it, but you know. Yeah. Actually, sharks. That's, what, no, that's only if you roll them on their back. Uh, no, as well as rub their snouts. Uh, tonic, but sharks have to be moving in order to survive. So they can't actually be still. Um, and also sharks can't swim backwards. Yes, I did know that. They also don't sleep. Mm. They just keep on doing their thing. Just keep on trudging. But, uh, and because the reason is, is because they always have to have water passing through their gills. Yeah. They don't have the automatic little gills that all the other little fish have. Yeah. So they're all like just cartilage and then tail muscles. And that's why you see like those crazy ass videos where great whites end up inside the cage with people. Like, you you know, those videos. Yeah. Because they can't back up. The reason why they're so violent in there is because they can't like go backwards. I've seen a couple times where they managed to like push themselves backwards and like float back and then like get out of there but now they don't got a reverse switch 
Yeah. <laughs> the Prindle without the R. The Prindle. It's just it's just a Pindle. They don't, the, the, no, the they pindle. don't even have a park. No, that's true. <laughs> they can't park. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know that reference, how old are you? Get off this podcast if you're not that old enough to understand. Would you the- like Am or Fim? Oh, <laughs> uh, but that's from uh, Sweet that- Life of Zach, Life and, of Zach Cody. and Cody. That was Mr. Marion Mosby sitting in the car with London Tipton. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she, you know he's that- trying to teach her how to drive. And then instead of the uh, park reverse neutral drive, like all that shit, he's, she just says, oh, it's the Prindle. No, no, no that's <laughs> the shift lever. <laughs> uh, but anyway, sorry, what were you going to say? I was going to say that London Tipton is the exact opposite of Paris Hilton. Yep. So if you didn't know that, London, obviously Paris. Yeah. Then Tip Hill. Yeah. And then Tin. Yeah. Just and add it's it on there. Just an heiress to a giant ass hotel, fancy ass chain. That's just like really the dumb. Hilton. Yeah. Is a giant ass chain. Yeah. So is it, I it, thought it was so clever. Oh, what? Because the thing is, that skated over my head for years. But then when I found that, like later on, I was like, Oh my god! I was like, "Bruh, it all makes sense now." Yeah, yeah, but like, there's so many little things in like TV shows. Like, I'll go back and watch old SpongeBob episodes with my brother that I used to watch when I was a kid. And they're still airing on TV today because like SpongeBob is just that quality of a show. Mm, and so I'll be sitting, I'll be sitting there watching the same episode I just, I like, I watched a million times as a kid, and all the jokes flew over my head, and I'll be crying, laughing at some of the subtle humor that they toss in there between the lines. And my brother's like. What do you well, just like at? the name Bikini Bottom. Bikini Bottom, Sandy Cheeks, Mr. Krabs, Krusty Krab. <laughs> like, bro, like I just recently, like when you when you search up the actual Krabby Patty secret formula. And, and, and Patrick. Uh, Patrick Star. Oh. He's just, he's just Patrick Star. He lives under a rock. So he Hi, is this that's why crust- he's dumb, because he lives under a rock. <laughs> oh, that's yeah, that's another one. Is this one. the Krusty Krab? No, this, this is, is Patrick. Patrick. This is the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. And then Gary. Meow, meow. <laughs> I love Gary, man. Gary the snail. But um, best SpongeBob impression. Go. Oh, I can't do a SpongeBob impression. I can, I can do okay. Like. That's all I can do. I'm ready. I'm ready. Da. I can. I can do the. Uh, I can do. Pa- you know da. the episode where. You know the episode where Patrick is is uh like ever they're all trying to be Squidward. Yes. I'm Squidward, I'm Squidward, I'm Squidward, 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 I'm Squidward. <laughs> Jellyfish Fields. Is mayonnaise an instrument? Uh, <laughs> Pearl. Yeah, per- okay, I swear <laughs> Pearl is just Mr. Krabs' uh, like, okay, so Mr. Krabs is just her sugar daddy. That's his sugar baby. But isn't Pearl like 10 years old? No, Pearl's not 10 years old. The fuck? She drives a boat, bro. Oh, that's true. The boating license. No, she's, she's like, Mrs. she's like, Puff. she's like maybe 16 or 17 or some shit. I swear she's Mr. Krabs's like sugar baby. I would have loved because she hold on, hold on. She always calls him daddy. Nothing but daddy. Wow. She looks nothing like him. And Mr. She's Krabs, a fucking whale. She's a whale. And Mr. Krabs never talks about her her mother in any way, shape, or form. How does that work? So I'm just saying, and he never talks about like really and not he's much got about all the money. He has all the money. Yeah. And what's the one thing that he has no problem spending money on? His girl, Pearl. You ever mm. seen that episode where you get tell SpongeBob to go buy her anything that she wants at the mall? Gear, gives him gives him his credit card. Is like, go get her anything that she asked for at the mall. <laughs> and he just gets her anything she wants. And ends up coming back to the Krusty Krab with a fucking mountain full, mountain full of shit. Just because that's what that's what she wants. I'm just saying. I'm, I see it. And and also, also, I was recently... This, this is what I was talking about way before we got sidetracked with all the Pearl shit, but... The, have you ever seen the Krabby Patty secret formula? Yes. Okay, so this is an episode where it's like, 
like bun, ketchup, mustard, lettuce, cheese, tomato, pickle, bun, whatever. Now, if you look up the actual, in, the actual um, uh, re- recipe online, the actual like Krabby Patty secret formula. I'll Google it. It asks for a pinch of Poseidon powder. Now you go on to, uh, you go on to Urban Dictionary and you type in Poseidon powder. Let, let me look up both so that we can. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. We can read this out. But you go on to UrbanDictionary.com and you look up Poseidon powder. Take a random guess what powder that is. It's cocaine. Mm, so, sniffly sniff. No, no, no. Hold on. If you think about this, Poseidon powder's in there, and Poseidon powder's cocaine. How yeah, do people says, react when they don't get their Krabby Patties, bro? It says, oh, that's true. That's why they're so addicted. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So it says, make King Neptune's Poseidon powder aioli, stir mayo and Old Bay until thoroughly combined, assemble the sandwich, spread Poseidon powder aioli on the bottom of each bun, Top with a burger patty, ketchup, mustard, pickles, onion slices, tomato, and lettuce. Place the top bun on each burger. Wow. Now, go on Urban Dictionary and look up the definition of Poseidon powder for people who think I'm lying. Because I don't just make this shit up, bro. I love SpongeBob. And, like, I'm just saying, man. Hold up. I'll get specific. Poseidon powder aioli. Well, Poseidon powder aioli is just an aioli with Poseidon powder in it. So, like, look up what Poseidon powder is. An aioli is just a sauce. I know, I just thought that maybe it'd be a little bit different. I don't know, look up both, look up both. Um, yep, Poseidon's powder, cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the example is, I got Poseidon's powder for the low low. <gasps> That's a terrible <laughs> example, because I don't know what kind of human talks like that. Yo, I just got that Poseidon powder Hold for up. the low. I'm going to look up Krabby Patty on Ur- Urban Dictionary. Oh God, I, I don't even know if I want to see what this is. It's probably going to be some like fucking nasty sex shit. It's going to pop up on there. Perhaps. Maybe. All right, let's find out. Let's find out. What What do you get when you search Krabby Patty on Urban Dictionary? I'm, I'm, I'm typing it in now. Oh, you are a slow typer, my good sir. No, because I had to type in UrbanDictionary.com. And then Weren't I you to... just on Urban Dictionary for no, the Poseidon Powder? No, it was just Google. Oh, this man's lying to the masses. Um. So, Krabby Patty. Oh, wow. This is lame. A burger that SpongeBob makes and Squidward secretly likes. What's the example? <laughs> You like Krabby Patty, don't you, Squidward? Oh my, that episode was so good. That's the Krabby Patty Secret Vault episode. For those of y'all who don't believe me that I love Spongebob, you can just tell me lines from an episode and I can probably tell you that the entire plot of the episode, what goes on. F is for friends who, who do stuff, stuff together. together. U is for you and me. And is for anywhere at any time at all down here in the deep blue sea. Now, do you know the plankton version? Yeah, it's uh, F is, is for, for fire, fire that burns down the whole town. Use for uranium bombs. And <laughs> is for no survivors. And then SpongeBob cuts them off there. And then isn't there one that's like you is for ukulele? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. That was a, that was the second verse of the song. Yeah, because like remember they did the, they did the the first version. Yeah. Plankton cuts them off. Plankton does his version. SpongeBob cuts him off, and yeah, then they yeah, do yeah. the whole SpongeBob version later when Plankton's heart grows three sizes like the Grinch. You know. <laughs> Plankton, underrated character. Yeah, Sheldon. Everyone, everyone hates on Sheldon. Like that's that. Like he he. Sheldon Plankton. Like bro, she, I love how the names are so nerdy too. Like well, Sheldon is Plankton. Eugene I just find it Krabs. I just find it interesting because Sheldon, like a lot of the characters, have shells. Yeah, and he doesn't have any bones in his body whatsoever. I know. Yeah, so I, I find nor that kind of SpongeBob. Nor does SpongeBob. Nor does Patrick. Well, like they animate them with bones, but that's only nor does Squidward. Notice what? Yeah, they're all invertebrates, bro. Neither does Mister Crab. Pearl. Pearl does. Per, well, no, or is that Carl? Oh no, she's a whale. She does have bones. That's not cartilage. Shark. Sandy. Cartilage. Sandy does have, but well, she's a she's a squirrel. <laughs> she's a squirrel. If a squirrel didn't have bones, it'd be kind of weird. 
Like uh, imagine, imagine, imagine a boneless chicken farm. <laughs> you just walk up, it's just, it's just puddles of chicken, <laughs> just, just, just chilling. Uh, this, these are the vegan genetic, uh, genetically modified chickens that we. Uh, they just, we uh, they just kind of the lay lab. there. They're not really. We can't technically call we them have, alive because they can't move. So uh, we've, we've it's got morally puddles. okay, huh? Chicken puddles. Chicken puddle. <laughs> Instead of chicken chicken souffle, you can make a chicken creme brulee with that puddle. <laughs> oh, I had some good chicken today. What kind of chicken? Chicken breast. Chicken boneless. Breast. Boneless chicken. Well, mm. if you have bones in your chicken breast, like what's going on? You ain't cut that right. True. Facts. Exactly. Exactly. I was about to say that. Oh shit! Get out my head, bro. That's creepy. <laughs> Man's is in my head bones. A little bit of a blart. Oh, all right. Let's hear it. Let's it's hear it. It's Super Bowl Sunday. Oh god. Currently, the Super Bowl is going on. Um. You know what I got to say about the Super Bowl? What do you got to say? Fuck Boston sports fans. Why is that? Because they're fucking spoiled. Well, a lot of a lot of Boston, well, you know Boston has like the most obnoxious sports fans of all places. Yes, but it's not just that. The reason is because they fucking want everything. They've yeah. won everything. Bro. They've won a Stanley Cup. They've yep. won several World Series. They've yep. won the friggin' um, bro. You're talking about they. Ce- Boston Celtics has the- have won. The Patriots have won. The Bruins have won. The Red Sox have won. Bro, they have all the good teams. The, the Celtics, the, the the Celtics, the Red Sox, the Bruins. They have the good teams. It's bro. bullshit. I I don't know, man. I don't know. It's bullshit. I don't know. They don't deserve that. Well, they're the teams that are in there actually beating everybody by significant amounts. Doing the work, I don't know if I feel like they can do it unless you unless you're no, trying to call out some industry shit that they're no, like no, they're no. all rigged. No, I don't it's know. not. No, it's nothing with that at all. It's just bullshit that they're a spoiled fan base. You don't know what it's like to suffer for your whole damn life to watch your favorite teams over and over and get, get so close and then freaking lose. Sound like you're from Toronto? No, I'm from. Oh no, no, you can't be from Toronto. You said get close. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Leaves haven't won a cup since 1967. Honestly, I'd love to see the Raptors do really good this year, though, man. Yo, Kawhi I want to see the Raptors. On fire, bro. Kawhi. Actually, I know- Raps are in the conversation for Anthony Davis right now. I know they have to trade four for him, though. Yeah, I know. So, like, who, so who, who the are they, who are they like, kicking off the team? It's like Lowry plus like several other guys. So, but that's the thing. Like, you got and you got. They're eight- getting rid of Lowry plus three other guys. To get Anthony Davis, you might I, have. Yeah, to. it's a good trade, but at the same time, Lowry is one of those guys that like he's a staple of the Toronto Raptors at well, the moment. So was Demar Derozan. Well, he was Demar Derozan he's was lead. the face of the franchise for the past nine years. Yeah, but like, and then well, they just said, "Fuck him, we're gonna trade him for the best two way player in the game." But the thing is, that was a one for one. Yeah, that this is this is a but they four don't for have one. It. Yeah, but they don't have anyone that can compete with the value that Anthony Davis brings, other than Kawhi, and they're not getting rid of Kawhi. Well, they're not going to get rid of Kawhi. He was born to play in Toronto. You've seen all the fucking tweets. His name is a mixture of Kawal, his fucking laugh. and Wallahi. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna it's Kawhi. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna pull up another thing that we can put. Uh, share for the pod. Share for the pod, Leo. All right. Um, what is it? For those of you that haven't heard Kawhi's laugh. Oh my god, that was that shit. Some of the funny that interview, bro. I swear, I watched that part of the interview so many times. The memes that came out of that. <laughs> the first bro. thing, if you type in K A W, the first thing that pops up is Kawhi Leonard laugh, bro. That was on. He I, I, he might not have noticed it at the time, but like that little slip of. <laughs> and what would you like people to know about you? Uh, I'm a fun guy. Uh, obviously, I love the game of basketball. Um, I mean, it's just more questions you have to ask me um, in order for me to tell you about myself. 
I just can't give you a whole spill. <laughs> I don't even know where you're sitting at. Oh my god. Kawhi Leonard's laugh is one. He's up there with Seth Rogen yeah, with some to, of the I nice laughs. Pull, pull up Seth Rogen's laugh because that it might not be a Seth Rogen level laugh, but because like Seth Rogen's like a big chungus laugh, like it's <laughs> like a, a big like Seth Rogen laugh. <laughs> this is, oh, this is the video we were talking about, not on the last pod because I did that by myself, uh, but the one before. Remember how I said that there was a story about this guy who like ran. Um, like he basically like threw down a police officer and ran away, and then the, somebody inputted Seth Rogen's laugh. Cause oh it yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this is it. Uh, I'll get you to hold it so that you can put it up to your mic as well and watch it. Because you All haven't right, seen wait, it wait. Yet. Oh, it's this one right here. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm gonna play this again. I hope I hope me laughing on the pod because I laugh a lot on this podcast. I hope now that I don't become the target of some fucking laugh jokes now because I, I feel like I have a normal laugh. I don't think it's that weird. Okay, okay, that weird. Damn. All right, so it's a little <laughs> weird. <laughs> little, 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 little. Yeah, little, Seth Rogen. Who who do you think has the all time greatest laugh? All time greatest laugh, like of all time. All time. I'm saying, bro, SpongeBob's got a legendary laugh that oh, went out in time. That's true. But like, if you're talking actual humans with their act, like their actual genuine laugh, because I know, I think, I think fictional characters can be in play as well. Okay, because that's one of the goodest, la- goodest laughs, greatest laughs. Uh, I'm pretty sure the character. I'm pretty sure the, the uh, voice actor that plays SpongeBob is Joey Kidney. No, Joey Kidney's a local auto. No, no, YouTuber. it's something. It's something. It's ki- Tom it's- Kennedy. Kennedy. That's it. Sorry, I got it mixed up. Kennedy. Tom Kennedy. I played hockey against Joey Kidney. Now he's a famous YouTuber. He's a famous YouTuber? He's yeah. A, he's pulling numbers? Like, last I checked was, like, almost a year ago at half a mil. Well, good on him. Mm-hmm. Good except on him. They're, except they're really I'm gonna go out on. I'm going to go out on... Uh, I'm, I'm, speaking of Ottawa YouTubers, I'm going to go out on a little bit of a limb right now, and I say, I'm not a fan of Wolfie. Oh, he got in a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. I'm aware. <laughs> like, oh, like, his... Like, it fucked his career. Y- yeah, because he was fucking 16-year-olds, but, you know... I'm not going to talk about that. No, you kind of just did. I, I, that's all I'm saying. Uh, hey, you're saying? T- tell me I'm wrong. I know. I know. It's that's, not, it's, there it is. It's that's all I'm good. saying. That's all I'm saying. Especially like his girlfriend's gorgeous. Yeah, his but, ex-girlfriend's the thing is, all, gorgeous. All about that. All of that. Like all of the scandal shit aside. I'm not saying I condone it, but I'm saying all his scandal shit aside. I wasn't a fan of him originally because I, 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 I never really watched his content too much. So I wasn't really familiar with him and his style and whatnot. But I remember when people were talking, like, he started off as Wolfie Raps, and, like, mm-hmm. he, he used to make raps, and, like, I, I've seen a couple of them, and I'm like, okay, like, it's very basic stuff, it's nothing insane, but, like, hey, that's what happens when people start rapping, it's yeah, not yeah, gonna yeah. be fantastic out the gate, and I never expected to be, I was ass when I started as well, but as I started to see his YouTube progression, again, it's only periodically I'd check in, because I, I check in on all the people in the Ottawa scene, even if you don't think I've ever heard of you, I, I check in on people, but... I checked in and just progressively his videos got more and more geared towards that's very stereotypical YouTuber style of I'm just going to do I'm going to buy a thousand of these and put them all in a room and then take a video of it that's 19 minutes long for some fucking reason. And at the end of the video, then you see all the smash that like button. We're going to get 500,000 likes on this. Yeah, the whole over the top persona. And it just is. Nope, that's not anybody's personal self. And I understand if you're doing that for a YouTube brand. I understand that. But what really what really tipped me over to over on the scale of not really liking the guy 
is uh, I actually worked with someone who lived down the street from him and mm. like knew the guy like has, has talked to him a billion yeah, times like, i know a hunt. few people that were no. in a frat with him and stuff yeah, oh he seems like a frat guy i didn't even know frat, he was in a frat. frat boy from carlton but i'm not going to say the guy that who was working with or even where i was working because I, I don't want that this his name's charles of... charles rayner who wolf oh the guy oh, wolf okay i didn't know his name mm. but anyway no i'm talking about the guy that i that i worked with i'm not going to say him by name or the place that i was working that uh that the guy who who said this but is this at the big rig no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not exposing anybody. I'm not exposing even the place I works, even though the guy has no ties there. He's not there anymore. But anyway, so he, the guy who lived down the street, he was telling me that he, that basically he was kind of a dick. This wasn't a very genuinely nice guy. And this could have been just to him. I don't know what altercations they had. If was this like pre-fame or post? This is like. Or middle. This is like a while ago. Like this is like a couple years ago. Mm. So like this isn't this isn't any time recently. He was moderately popping, nowhere near the way he the, the amount he is now. But this moderately popping, like he he was going before a million probably because he went from like one to six million within a couple months. It was yeah, like the, it, this it was, was like the record. I think it was something like the record for fastest growth in YouTube history. I can't hate on that. That's, I can I, can, I respect. You no, know, I really respect the hustle. I don't, I don't have to like someone to respect them. I know that's, that's the fair. Thing. Yeah. So um, but anyway, we talked about this. Respect. Yeah, is yeah, neutral. We, we have respect is neutral. There's nothing. That's it. But um, basically what I'm getting at is just like, I, I, I just didn't hear a, a positive story about this guy. And I met a couple other people who, who've who met him or and, and didn't didn't know him as personally as the one guy who lived down the street. But I don't know. I just haven't really heard that many stories speaking positively about his character. That's all I'm saying. I've met a few of his crew, like out and about in the city and stuff. Nice guys? Yeah, not bad. Like okay. I met, uh, I met just Dustin. I met, uh. The shorter dude, Philippe would know all their names. He's I, I don't know bunch all their names. I have zero. I, you, um, I couldn't even tell you. Pick these guys out of a crowd. Yeah, one of them, uh, not just Dustin. Uh, one of them's like six foot eight. He's like really freaking tall. Okay, I might be able to pick him out of a crowd. Yeah, I met him, <laughs> uh, and I met the other short guy. Can't remember his name. Uh. But yeah, I met like nice dudes. Short, yeah. The short guy, he was the nicest dude. And I, also, I met his brother. I met Wolfie's brother. Oh, okay. Yeah, nice guy. Yeah, actually, he's a really nice. He's a musician. Oh yeah, very talented musician. What, what kind of music does he do? Like R and B. R and B. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, uh, link me some of his info after. I can't remember I could, uh, his name, but legit, really, really good. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll give him. I'll give him a look up because uh, I'm always looking for guys from Ottawa who who do something different, who uh, who aren't necessarily because every time that someone is in my DM, yo man, check out my new track. Like, po- can you repost this? Can you help me with this? Man, every single time it's the same thing. It's just a trap beating someone like mumbling over it or, or trying to be a Toronto man's. I want to talk about this for a sec. Because yeah, yeah, go for it. Go for it. It's very similar because the fact that you and I both are creatives, we are creatives that have our particular art forms um, and the communities are completely different but there's a lot of overlap in just the behavior there's a ton of overlap and yeah. it's what's really so annoying and i know like I've, I've looked at your profile you get it a lot too probably more than even i get it and it's th- like people leave comments on your like photos videos or whatever and promoting their own shit and it's like yeah it's like oh this is great come check out my work yeah and it's like dude I'm all for if you want to leave a comment and your goal is to get more attention on your stuff, I don't think anything is wrong with that. What I think is wrong with that is the expectation of it's just so disingenuous. It's, oh, this is great. I don't actually mean this. Come check out my work. Yeah. And what I would rather do and what I've done in the past is I'll leave like a genuine comment. If I love somebody's work, I will leave a two, three, four, five sentence like response being like, wow, like. 
I really love this. Like the the color grading you did was excellent. The storytelling was great, and I really loved how you were able to capture this all within sixty seconds. And you could probably you'd probably do the same like within music. Yeah, whenever I you find know? someone who who I genuinely like their work, I'm not commenting in any way for them to come and find me. Yeah, I, the only reason that I, if I'm leaving a comment on your stuff, whether whether or not even if if it's just a couple emojis, it's only uh, the only reason I'm commenting is because I want you to know that I fucked with whatever you're doing. And if you see that comment and click on my comment and go to visit my profile and or DM me or whatever, then that that's that's it's whatever. It's the expectation that somebody should check out your profile. So if yeah. I leave these comments, like there's times like especially like when I in the summer when I was putting out tons of travel content and I knew that people would like my work, I'd go to like every influencer I could possibly find that I that had similar work to what I was creating and I'd comment and I'd leave them genuine. And I was like, you know what? I'm not going to have the expectation that anybody or the entitlement that anybody deserves to check me out. I'm leaving a genuine comment. And if people want to check me out, that's cool. And what ends up happening is, yeah, people will. Well, if you're you're leaving a genuine comment about authenticity, authenticity is key. Because the thing is, if I... If I like here, here's an example. Yesterday, I was at it. I was at an interview. So, I, so I'm I'm not only a musician. I'm an I'm an engineer as well. And I w- was working at a studio at Algonquin College, and I was doing a. Uh, I was I was the mix the guy running the board for this podcast. So I would mix in the music. I'd mix the all the vocals. Make sure everything's running all smoothly. So it's it's kind of like a radio show, uh, similar to like Big Boy Hot ninety seven, all that kind of shit. But any, but just for Ottawa. So it's called Millie Vibes, by the way. So you should go and check that out if you uh, if you haven't. All the videos are up on YouTube. They get interviews with guys like Dodo Banks, HBR Fleazy, a bunch of other guys. The guy, but uh, anyway, one of the guys they had in more recently, uh, younger guy, like just like he's just about to come out of high school, but making really good music and is completely different than what I'm hearing in in Ottawa already. So he was playing one of his tracks and like instead of just going yo, because I I'm, I'm the last person that'll promote myself in person. Like if someone, if even if I meet somebody like that's influential. I'm not going to be like, yo man, but like you're, yeah, your shit's cool. But like, listen to my shit. Cause like people get that all the time. But anyway, well, it's just, it's, so a, I know it's, it's annoying for me move. when I get it, when I yeah. get it in, in person, like, and I go out to an event and someone's like, yo man, I love your shit, but like, can you listen to my shit? I'm like, it's well, just, I'm not going to listen to your shit now. People feel like they're being used. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so what I was getting at is I, I, I never try and promote myself or whatever, but at the end of the interview, I wait till everything's over. Fanfare dies down. Everyone's about to leave. Then I go up to the person. I'm like, Hey man, dap them up. I'm like, I genuinely fuck with your shit. Here's my business card. Feel free to reach out. I'd love to work. And just something like that where it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to promote my shit. It's not, it's not even work with me. Like, yo, if you want to record, come to my studio and I will record. I'll produce for you, whatever. But yeah, I'd rather genuinely connect with someone and actually praise what they're doing without any wants or need for them to look at my stuff. Cause you want to know something funny when you actually genuinely say, Hey, I really like your work. This is my name. I'm also a musician. That's all you got to say. Yeah. And if they genuinely like that speak person, for itself. exactly. And if the, if the, if that person genuinely liked the interaction that they had with you, they'll go and check out your music. Mm-hmm. They'll go and find what you're doing and look at it because you made a genuine connection. And those chances of them actually checking your music go way up when you're not like, yo, man, check out my music. Like, yo, 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 you're all, you're cool and all. I like your shit. Yo, that most recent song that I can't even name. Then all you're trying to do like, is piggyback off their success. You're just trying to leverage. You're trying to leverage them for your own personal gain. That's just a piece of shit move. Yep. And it gets really bad. It gets really bad on social media because, like, my thing is, if you want to grow your brand, I think one of the best ways to do it is go on Instagram or wherever and leave genuine, authentic comments on as many people. The the dollar sixty-eight theory, or whatever. 
Oh, uh, it was the uh, yeah, it was Gary V's, not dollars. It wasn't. It was. It was. It was, uh, it was like basically you leave your two cents on every post that you genuinely appreciate. Oh, it's a dollar eighty. Yeah, dollar eighty. That's it. Dollar eighty strategy. And it's like you leave your two cents on as many posts as possible, and eventually by the end of the day, it should add up to a dollar eighty if you do it. Specifically, on it was find nine different hashtags, and then find I think it was like nine. Uh, yeah, so it was like nine different hashtags, and then leave like your two cents on nine different posts within those hashtags. Then it'll add up to dollar eighty by the something end of the day. along yeah along those lines. So yeah, it was really interesting, and I couldn't agree with that more. Yeah, because like that means you're you're gen. And when someone when someone leaves a genuine account on my profile, I'm pretty sure it's the same for you. But if when someone leaves a genuine comment going, "Yo, I like the writing in this. I like the production in this. It was mixed well. I really like this." I'm way more likely to go and click on their profile and go, "All right, what's this person doing? What the, what are they up to?" Than if someone's well, just that's like, like yeah. I have a perfect example for that. So while I was traveling, I was in Thailand. And I got a comment in one of my videos, and it wasn't one of my most viewed videos. It was like very small. Like I think it only maybe had a hundred views or something. Um, and it was from this account, Josh Edwards, and he left a very genuine comment, uh, just being like, "Wow, like it's it's really cool that you're able to like produce like this high quality content while you're on the go." Uh, and I was like, "Oh, thanks." And I was like, just curious, like let me check this guy out. He never mentioned that he was a filmmaker, videographer, and that. And I started following him, and I was like, "Damn, like." I love your work too. Like he makes documentary sort of films and stuff. And while we were in contact with each other and while I was traveling, he ended up having one of his films go viral. Oh shit. Which was why you should visit Lombok, not Bali. Now Lombok is the island where the earthquakes were this summer. And it was actually a couple weeks before that happened. So this was in July. He posted this and by viral, I mean like he went from 600 subscribers to about 3,500 from this one video. And he's got, I think like 120,000 views on it. Not bad, not bad at all. Which within a very specific niche is excellent. Oh, 100%. So, and it it did very, and it's like a 30 minute video. And so he makes like these like actual documentaries of his travels that are anywhere from 25 to like 45 minutes. And they're really, really interesting. And so he's trying to become like his own um, documentary filmmaker. Mm -hmm. And so that, and so him and I are in contact regularly now, uh, just from like that one little genuine comment. Yeah. builds like that sort of relationship it's just like like for people who aren't creatives that might be listening it's just like if someone walks up to you and goes like yo that's a that's a really nice shirt you got on or whatever can i have it and yeah exactly <laughs> and it's like yo that's a really nice shirt you have on like can i have it or like where'd you get it and they're only talking to you to figure out where you got that shirt yeah just so they can get it and they don't have any intention or it's of like they don't even with start with the shirt they're like man like you are such an interesting person like i love your whole vibe like where'd you get your shirt and where can i get it yeah. It's so disingenuous. Yeah, it's all. It, I find it almost. I find it disrespectful. It is, especially, it's very disrespectful. especially because the thing is, it's one thing to say that to someone's face, which is extremely disrespectful, but it's another thing to leave it in a comment on their post that's going to sit there and stay there for other people to see. And you're not necessarily even leaving it up for that one person to see. You're leaving it up for all the other people that that person has managed to build up their build up their career to a point where there's people actually coming to see their content. You see that, then you leave a comment just so that other people will see that comment and go check you out. And it's 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 annoying too and it's like the worst is when the same dude like does it in different times on different posts. I have had that a bunch of times. Like like this one guy person. is like oh. Danny Triz or something is and I don't even want to shout him shout him out. I'm so like annoyed. And he's he's at like three on three or four different occasions 
he said it's the exact same comments. You know it's copy and pasted. Yeah, oh, and you know he's doing it on like everybody's account that he can yep. possibly find. And you know that he's like, "Hey, I love your work. You should come check out mine too." No. No, I don't like, want leave to. Leave a genuine comment and if you want me to check out your work, leave a genuine comment and then DM me. I respond to all yes. my almost all my DMs. That is the way to do it. Yeah. DMs you- are intimate. Yeah. And private. Whereas like the comments, you know that you're just trying to flex that you have a cool account. That's or like walking up to someone in a crowd and yelling at them so everyone around you can hear that you're having a conversation See, with this person. Or, rather than just going up and talking to or them. Or another way, if you want if you're writing a comment and you want somebody to check out your work, ask for feedback. Because that's one way to do it with humility. Yeah. So like, if somebody yeah, came up to you and was like, Hey, I really love your work. This sound like the like the whole audio like mixing and everything like it flowed together so well like I'm really enjoying this. I make beats too, but I'm just learning. If you could check out my profile and kind of just see how I'm doing, I'd really appreciate any feedback. That'd mean a lot to me. That is going to get people to check out your work. Oh, 100%. If someone left that on my like, because the thing is, there's been a ton of times where people have DM me and been like, "Yo, man, I just made this beat. I'm really new to the game, but I'd love your opinion on it." I have zero problem answering that person back on, yo, man, I listen. You're probably to- excited to. I'm so excited. Because it's yeah. it's honored because you're like, wow, like somebody's like viewing my work as like superior to theirs. Yeah. Like, and you recognize, you're like, wow, like I know how much farther I have to go, but there's yeah. still people that look up to me. Because like, I've never commented that on, on someone's on someone's account, but I've, I've DM people being like, yo, man, if you could just let me know what you think of this, it'd be like, I'd yeah. really appreciate it. And that's only gotten me positive response. I've never had a negative response to, yo, can I have some feedback on this? And no matter how big the person is, if they see the res- if they see that, it's always been, if they see the DM, they've always been like, you know what? Yeah. Because intention is so important because. And you can't be, you can't have too big of an ego mm-hmm. to not be to like, cause remember if you're commenting on this person's shit, trying to get more people viewing your shit, that means they have something that you don't have. So you have so if so if you're going to approach them, make sure you come from a place of humility where that person understands, all right, this person came to me with the giving me the respect that I I not entitled to, but they just gave me respect. I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm willing to give them give them a response back that's genuine because they came to me with something genuine. Like I don't know. I feel like we, I feel like I'm just ranting at this point. No, but. it's but I think Intent and authenticity is so important if you want to use comments to build your brand around whatever it is, whether it's like me and it's like travel photography and videography or like you, it's in music. Intent. It's key. It? Yeah, like it's it's the most important thing. And whether and that doesn't and even, humility, especially in, when, you're, when you're in an industry where everything that you created is something it literally comes from what you created. Yes. Your hands were on that camera filming that thing that you saw your hands are on that computer editing that like you worked for that you mm-hmm. created the space that you that now people come to see the content you created yes so i don't know it's just in a creative space when you're creating your entire own world when someone comes into your whole world that you created literally from your blood sweat and tears you created with the tips of your fingers mm. when someone comes in there and it's just like I'm just going to disrespect the shit out of this. Then it's just like, well, no, that's not okay. Well, and and then because the people that do this think very short term, very they want short-term. what they want are the numbers of people that visited my profile this week to go up yep. and they want that to stay at like, they don't want it dipping below this number. So if they keep posting on this, they're guaranteed to fill that. They might get a couple extra followers, but here's the thing. 
is that by doing that, you are not actually establishing strong connections. Not at all. So maybe you have 10,000 followers, but only 500 give a shit about you. That's just like having a product that has no, like when someone buys it, there's no reason for them to come back and buy another one. Yeah. It, actually, I'm going to blart this because yeah, go go you for said it. product and this is still within the realm of social media marketing. And this was one of the most interesting stories of the week for me. So, you know, Casey Neistat, right? Yep. So basically, he created a video uh, that was kind of, uh, it was very satirical uh, about why he was so mad at Burger King. And it was because Burger King did this absolutely brilliant, unheard of marketing tactic that was totally free. It cost them nothing, but generated them the value of Casey Neistat alone was $83,000. Damn. And so what they did is they went to all these like old influ like famous influencers and went to their old tweets from like seven to ten years ago, and they just started favoriting them. And then what ended up happening is these influencers with like hundreds of thousands, sometimes millions of followers on Twitter would tweet out, "Why is Burger King favoriting my old tweets?" And there were like dozens of influencers that started tweeting this. That's fucking brilliant. And then. All these people look at this and they see these famous people and they think it's hilarious. So they ended up getting like thousands and thousands of retweets and favorites. It on was their nuts. old on their old post, right? No, not on their old post, on the quotes. Oh, okay, okay. So people would quote, Why is Burger King favoriting all my old tweets? And they'd take like a screenshot of like tweets from like 2010. Yeah. And then they'd get like fifty thousand retweets. Oh my god, that's it's, fucking brilliant. It's brilliant. That's insanely brilliant. brilliant. And so Casey Neistat went out and made a video about uh, his beef with Burger King, pun intended. Uh, and it was basically about like, um, it was completely satirical about how he was mad that uh, he felt exploited. <laughs> like he was like, you just exploited me for free publicity, blah, blah, blah. But and then, you did it. No, and they did. And he was like, but I have to say, this is brilliant marketing. And then, uh, and then at the end, he like throws his like whopper into the garbage, and then he, like the last thing is like him eating. He's like, I wasn't actually gonna waste this, and he's like, <laughs> he, and then he was like, but here's here Burger King, and so he basically came out and said, uh, these are two charities that I support. If you exp if you can exploit us for this much marketing revenue, then do something good with this. And it, it was like uh, I think it was uh, Make a Wish Foundation mm -hmm. and another similar one like that. And so th that video alone that he posted a few days ago got over a million views. So there's like, like even, even more, more marketing, but like more they, advertising. They're just getting their numbers up all from. Yeah. It was definitely some young guy they hired on that was just oh. on their Twitter, runs their Twitter. Yeah. It's just like, yo guys, Watch I'm just this. going. He probably did it as a joke at first. Yeah. I forgot what account he was on. It was like creeping Casey Neistat or something. Yeah. And then liked a tweet and then sees and like liked a couple tweets and goes, oh shit, I'm on the Burger King account. Whoops. And then no, no, I think, I think this out. was planned. It's I think, possible. I, I think can, this it, was like I can see it either genius. way. I can see it either way. I can see it as someone like, oh, this was an accident. I accidentally made this happen and then went to a bunch of other influencers and made it a plan. Or I can see it happening where it was, they sat down in a room and they went, yo, we're just going to do this and this is going to happen. Yeah. I can see I can see it either way. I can. I think it was planned. But anyway, so then like yesterday, Casey put out another video that was a follow-up. And so apparently... The CMO, the chief marketing officer of the entire company of Burger King, called him 
and they had him on the phone and stuff, and he was, like, really chill about it. He thought the video was funny. He thought it was great. And they had a really great conversation. And Burger King actually did end up donating $25,000 to each of those uh, programs. Oh, that's good. And basically said, like, we're not going to, like, uh, the CMO, like, came out to Casey's, like, we're not going to post this on our social media. We don't want people thinking that we're doing this just to, like, get publicity. And there was no expectation of Casey to talk about that at all, mm-hmm. but he decided to. And I was like, damn, you really gave them so much free pub- publicity. Yeah. And not just that, Burger King, on top of that, gave uh, gave a coupon that is redeemable for 5,000 fans of Casey Neistat for free Whoppers. That's that's so sick. So brilliant. Honestly. Brilliant. So shout out to Burger King for having the greatest marketing to start off 2019. Mind on, you, it is Super Bowl Sunday, so that may be... They might, they might have been doing... Because the thing is, I feel like they, they perfectly planned that. Because it's it's more it's lining up now because like it, it started to surface and then now the super bowl's on and you know burger king has a super bowl commercial Some no burger king has a super bowl commercial so if they marketed to all these people and all these influencers are tweeting out now burger king's name is already in people's heads yeah. then when they put that burger king commercial on it's just that one last straw that breaks the camel's back when they're going like oh i saw burger king popping up all the time i'm suddenly craving a whopper but i'm not gonna go get a whopper and then they see it on the on the super bowl they're like you know what? I could get me a Whopper right now. You know what I found really interesting? Um, not talking about Burger King anymore, so slight blart, blart but still in the marketing scheme okay. of things, is that Netflix actually came out saying that their biggest competitor is not Hulu, Crave, or YouTube. None of them. It's Fortnite. They say that they regularly lose to Fortnite in terms of like their competition and it makes total sense what do you what do you mean like define what do you mean like fortnite content or like just the game fortnite the game fortnite oh because they're probably looking at their analytics on consoles seeing how much out how many hours people are spending on netflix opposed to fortnite yeah and so like they probably look at demographics of like especially boys yeah probably say age eight to like 24 22 and they look at this and they're probably like damn like we're losing like yeah. Fortnite is dominating our like because all it is is a share of screen time. Mm-hmm. So in the same way that Budweiser doesn't actually compete against Bud Light and like Keith's or Coors Light and all these other things, they're competing against Pepsi. They're competing against like every every beverage, every beverage. You yeah. know, that's that's the same way that you have to look at things like this. Yeah. Which I find really interesting. So. It's just like, say, for you as a musician and artist, you're not just competing against other rappers. You're competing against rock artists. You're competing against... Everyone in the industry. Podcasts. Yep. You're competing against any form of entertainment that you can do. That takes uh, away from listening as to my well, music. As well, as I would even say, a major competitor for music now, and it's I think it's going to get exponentially more impressive in the next five years, are audiobooks. Because platforms like Audible have like thousands and thousands of books that people just listen to. And the nice thing about podcasts, like, you know, whole lot of nothing mm-hmm. or audiobooks is that you can listen to them passively and still do other things, which just like music. Yeah. You know, like even the thing is, one thing that I love to do, this is something I've done for, for years. Like, as you know, I'm a big fan of stand up comedy and That's I, another I'll, one. I'll go on Netflix and I'll click like put it on a special or whatever or go on YouTube find an old special of like just for laughs from like years ago the festival or whatever I'll find one I'll put it on 
and I'll just carry on doing my shit. Like, I, like today I was listening to Gabriel Iglesias. I just put it on. I love Gabriel Iglesias. Fluffy. Fluffy. Because you fl- can smell it. <laughs> you can smell it. That was, a, that was a, one of the funniest. Shows. Or the, actually, the racist gift back shit is oh, probably yes, one of my yes, yes, favorite. Yes, I'll yes. explain that after for those of people who don't know. But I'd, I'd put that down and I, I just put my laptop in the corner, plug it into some speakers. I'll do the dishes. I'll make some food or whatever. I'm just listening to, to, the, to the comedy because it's, yeah. it's just stand up. You don't need to see it completely. There's only some some there's little, some physical comics. Yeah, very, but the thing is, rarely do do I like. I'm not a huge fan of of like slapstick humor or like physical mm-hmm. humor or prop humor. So I I I, I like hearing the, the way that people do characters, different voices. Yeah, or, me too. Or That's why story. I love Fluffy and Jim yeah. Jeffries. They they both do different voices and actually like narrate properly. But that's one thing it's that story I, I, I love exactly. But the thing is, I've been doing that for years, and it was it was a couple of years ago that I was actually out camping with my grandparents, and. They they always bring a radio out there just to listen to listen to like CDs, cassettes, whatever it is that they want to listen to. Like at the time, sometimes a radio, but uh, they were listening to a stand up comedy tape. So they they like I didn't know a stand up comedy, and they're just like, "Yo, can you go put that tape?" My grandma didn't say "yo," but <laughs> she was like, "Hey, can you put that tape inside the uh, the player? I want to listen to it." And I'm like, "Yeah, sure." I thought it was music. I put it in. It's just some guy talking. I'm like, "What is this?" Mm-hmm. And then it turned out it was stand up, but it was recorded just audio of stand up. And that was something that they love to listen to rather than when they don't feel like listening to music. It's just pop. It's like Sirius XM as like a comedy. Exactly. A comedy but, station. But that, I, I do feel like st- stuff like that is going to gonna pop up. I'm not sure how much audiobooks are going to pop up as a competition with a younger generation, like our generation. I feel I know like it's the people- generation before us who isn't really too much into the whole... I need to see flashing lights on a screen and characters moving and all that shit. Cause like that's, that's what our generation lives for. We, we, we love seeing movement on screen that accompanies good audio, but with generations before us, it's, it was audio, audio's audio and that's fine. And if, Hey, if, if your eyesight's not that good, what are you going to do? You're not going to look at a screen. You're going to listen. I think differently. Actually, I think audio is actually going to make a massive comeback especially with the younger generation and we're seeing that right now with the rise of podcasts how many people do you know listen to podcasts two years ago not many now almost everyone i know at least listens to one and to be fair i don't listen to podcasts you're you're one of the few though yeah that's true i'm one of the few i'm one of the few like a lot of my friends will be like i listen to majority of people now listen to podcasts, which is not something we would have expected like us to like when I was in high school, I would not have expected myself to be a podcast person. Not at all. No. But now like I love podcasts. And now I often when I'm at work, I'm debating, do I want to listen to music or do I want to listen to podcast? Well, hold on. Actually, that- when, now that I think about it, I kind of do. I do listen to podcasts more than I think. It's just I when I see it paired with a video. I, yeah, I don't you watch really th- some, you listen slash watch on YouTube. Because yeah, the thing is, I used to watch the No Jumper podcast from like mm-hmm. the beginning. Like I love Adam. I used to, well, I used to watch Adam Twenty Two almost every day when he did vlogs and whatnot. But but like I actually I've watched a good majority of all the of all the No, no Jumper interviews since the beginning when he was in his old shop and whatnot. So I guess if you're counting those as pod, yeah, yeah, I, I am a podcast listener. That I, I yeah. watch Joe Rogan as well. Like sometimes I like watching Joe Rogan react to fights. Yeah, absolutely amazing. Um, but anyway, yeah. So okay, I I, I guess I was full of and shit. So, yes, I am a podcast listener. And so that's that's one thing. But the reason I think audiobooks are going to be so powerful is because a lot of people think audiobooks and they think like fiction and they think like maybe Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, and that stuff. But what I think is really going to be beneficial are nonfiction audiobooks, textbooks, Te- 
whether no, I'm not even thinking textbooks. No, I'm I, sorry, that's like, just what popped into my head. Yeah, so that could be one. But I'm talking about like personal development books. Yeah. So that basically replaces a podcast. Yeah. So you're getting really condensed information from an author that you probably find really fascinating, and you get to listen to them speak about their actual topic that they've written about. Yeah. And so that's one, uh, as well as like stories, like you know, an autobiography. Yeah. Imagine listening to like an autobiography that's read out by somebody. Like by the actual person. Yeah, I, I listen to that. Exactly. Like, like I read, so I, I read Jay Z's, uh, Jay Z's biography, uh, Decoded. Now imagine if Jay Z had an audiobook on like Audible, reading it. Like I, if I he actually that. read it out. Like I'd love that. I think that. So that's what I mean. Like I think that's really gonna compete against. Yeah, I can see people's that. like time with podcasts and music. Now, just going back to where I said textbooks. Sorry, it popped into my head right was you right before you said nonfiction, but. I'm an audiographic learner being, being mm-hmm. a, and that's why I, I feel music suits me so well, like being something I can actually hear. But when I actually hear information said to me, rather than reading it in a book on my own, I retain it a lot better when I hear it. So that's why whenever mm-hmm. I was studying, when I was in school, I'd read my textbooks out loud and walk around my room reading my textbooks out loud or studying my notes out loud. Mm-hmm. And I'd listen to myself saying it so that I could understand it and hear it better. Which, by the way, if, if reading and whatnot isn't your thing, Give that a try when you're studying. You're, you'll probably see some good results. But if I could actually have an option where I don't need a physical textbook, and if I want to learn something about a chapter, and chapters are broken down on or Audible you have or whatever, like the physical textbook just yeah. to like see so the follow visuals. Along, see the visuals, yeah, yeah. But like, I would love to have some, like instead of getting like a friend to read the textbook out loud, which I've done many a time, it'd be way more beneficial to have someone who recorded reading the entire textbook. And breaks it down into sections, figure A, figure B, or whatever. And not chapter, just that, chapter, you can speed up the audio, yeah, which is an option. So I know a lot of people that they'll actually listen to audiobooks at like three, three and a half times speed. That's a little fast. But That's very can, fast. But hear, if you yeah, want to get, get your information quickly, especially you're into personal development books and you want to like, that could be like a 40 hour listen, yeah. but you can condense that down to eight, Yeah, That's which true. is huge. So yeah. imagine getting that much information into your brain in eight hours. That's incredible. Yeah, and so I think that's it. like honestly, I can see audiobooks replacing education in many ways. I honest, I honestly feel like the the way that we have education right now is still very similar to the way that education has always been, and it's due for a reboot. And mm-hmm. there's going to be a lot of new things, a lot of new technologies that are going to be coming out within the next 10, 15 years that are going to completely flip the school system on its head. And the school flip, school system right now is already in the process of transitioning into more into technology. Like we we even saw it, like it started at the very base form when smart boards came into yeah. school. That was like the biggest thing. And then now it's more students are getting Chromebooks and tablets or stuff. Integrating in, them into the integrating classroom. Integrating into the, into the classroom. So it's a part of regular learning that is made and tailored for the student because the student is in control of what's on their screen to an extent that helps them. Like they can choose what helps them learn the best. What I was, I'm, I'm going to talk about this for a bit. And so we're going to go over an hour because I know that yeah, it's fine with me it's fine yeah with me. so because this was i was thinking about this today and it was i was thinking about it really intensely and passionately and i was like if i could change one thing in the school curriculum uh that we have today what would that be and i was thinking i was like what if there was a class that was it, it could be called like personal development and the thing is is that there's no set curriculum what you do is you give students the freedom to learn whatever they want so a free study it's it's a free study, independent but study, so. it's it's an independent study, but it's also go explore your interests, 
whatever it is. You know, it could be like music, it could be video, it could be literally anything. If you, it's, it could be pottery. Now, what I want you to do is that you have an assignment due next week, and I want you to tell me everything that you learned about this. I want you to tell me what it is that you find interesting, and as you get throughout the class, it kind of builds out so that you can develop that maybe from an interest to a passion. Mm -hmm. Because I think passions are developed, and I think they start as interest and curiosity, and then they they can go further. Well, that's definitely what happened with me when I was in high school, being literally being the AV club, where mm -hmm. I was the guy who was called down out of classes whenever the priest couldn't, his wireless mic wasn't working. It's like, oh, call RJ out of class and come down, and I would run the soundboard. That yeah, kind of stuff. I remember that. With that kind of stuff, that is what helped me find my passion for audio engineering. It was developed. It was, it was developed through that for me, having that outlet where I could sit down in front of a board the school paid for that I could develop and, and sit there running shows and, mm -hmm. and musicals, plays, anything. And that's where I found my passion. But imagine the a lot of, a lot of kids don't have that for, for their school. Yeah, I can see that being like extremely a course beneficial. that's designed to help you find it. And yeah. maybe it does not going to work for everybody, but I yeah. guarantee you a much larger percent and portion of people are going to be much more satisfied with themselves. So what I'd like to see is that it starts out like this and you go ahead and you you explore that interest and then the end, end of the week is like tell us about this interest and why it interests you <laughs> and is this new is this old or like cuz you know maybe somebody already is passionate about something and they can really explore that even further. And then as you get throughout the course you learn how to develop that into a career. Yeah, into an actual job. Into a yeah. career. So, like, let's figure out, like, let's say you want to, like, let's say you're really passionate about deli meats. Just deli meats. I'm not talking about, like, really, like, friggin' specific deli meats. Yeah. And then you're like, all right, well, what are the different ways that I can make a career out of this? I was like, well, what if I started a like uh, a business where I got in contact with a bunch of different farmers and all these farmers that were kind of within this company or that provided to us, we made sure that they were following ethical practices and all these other things. Uh, and they provided us high quality products. And we knew that they were being grass fed. We knew that they were being treated well and they knew that they weren't being abused and that we could sell this product out to people as a, uh, an alternative to what they typically get, which could be, they don't like, maybe they don't know where their chicken's coming from. Yeah. And all these other things. And then we could start a blog about this. They could kind of tell the story about who we are. And then we could start advertising, blah, blah, blah. There's your business. Boom. You figured out how to take a friggin' passion of deli meats and make a business around that. Yeah. And make a career out of that. There's always a way to do it with any passion that you have. There's always a way to anything. monetize it. Anything. And so if what you like I Alf, think... If yeah. you like Elf, start an Elf block. If you like Smurfs, Smurf it up. That's like, a direct quote from Gary Vee. Yeah. And so that's... But that's the thing is that I think... The biggest issue with school right now is that it smothers ambition by making people believe that unless your ambitions mold to what is typically viewed as success, whether that's a doctor, a lawyer, or a, a tech mogul, or a, like a computer-like programmer. Any, any job that requires a high amount of education. STEM education, I should say. Yes. And so unless, you're, unless your ambitions and goals follow that mold, you're not going to be successful and you're going to be wasting your career. And I couldn't disagree with that more. And we yep. need classes and programs that are in place in our schools that can take kids from all these different backgrounds and let them explore. 
And I think giving them a class specifically that is open, do what you want, wherever your mind goes. If you are like an athlete, talk about like, you know, basketball, do all these other things. And then really let's get deep. Let's get really deep in this. I know you're interested. Let's see how far we can go. And by the end of the four to six months that you're in this class, like you're probably going to have spent so much time researching all these different things and you want to do it because you're specifically doing things that you want to do. Like imagine for me, if it was mountain biking yeah, and I'd be like, and part of your homework is like, yeah, go ride your bike. Yeah. I would do it. Yeah. hundred percent. You know? And then you talk about this and it's like, all right, now I want to learn like, how can you turn this? into a career well i'm probably not going to be good enough to get sponsored so i'm going to figure out something within the industry it's like okay well what is that and then you go further and further and deeper into it and then you learn the ins and outs well in in school i was never deemed a good student yeah i I got mediocre marks and i below average marks and in in a lot of cases i was terrible at math and i was i was not a good writer for english and i was i was terrible at a lot of things but when i found my passion for audio engineering and music guess what I was good at math and writing mm-hmm. because in a different context, in a different context, because I actually, and, and the only reason that I wasn't good at, at these things in, in the formal sense is because a, they wanted me to answer the, like write the way that they write, that they want me to write conform, conform. And I don't write like that. And when I got into university and I was writing different papers where it was more free form, that's when I started getting good marks. Cause I could, I could just write whatever the fuck I wanted in any way that I wanted keeping, but again, still having to keep that form. But I, the reason my marks never, never, were never that good. Even in university were never fantastic is cause I didn't give a shit about yeah. what I was writing about. I didn't give a fuck. Actually, there was one, there was one essay that I wrote on the Ottawa music industry and why Ottawa isn't a city that's set up to have a thriving music industry and how things can change within the city to gear us more towards that. That was the only essay that I actually really gave a shit about and wrote really well, but I didn't give a shit about any of the stuff that was going on in school. But as soon as I found a career that I wanted to go into that I could actually, and I'm taking classes that are revolve around that and I actually gave a shit. So I wanted to do my homework. I wanted to write. I mm-hmm. wanted to do math. I wanted to figure out all that stuff. That's when I was like, okay, I'm getting good at this and I understand it. Cause I want to understand. I literally in high school would sit, was forced to sit in the front row. Cause I was that bad of a student forced to sit in the front row by, by teachers. And whenever I'd zone out and look out the window, I get chalk thrown at me. Mr. Mr. Shane. Do you remember Mr. Shane? I never had him. Well, anyway, he was just nice guy. I don't have any problem with him, but like this big tall guy and never I zoned out in his class, whip a piece of chalk at me <laughs> and, I'd, and I'd have to snap it. But anyway, it's because I didn't give a shit. But then if you're, if you're actually given a place that you can look at what you want to do, you're going to be more likely to do that work to get that thing because you want and a to teacher that is encouraging of you to exploring whatever yeah. it is. Yeah, that could make the difference between somebody loving their life and hating it. A hundred percent. I honestly think that can prevent suicides. Yeah. Well, the thing is, the one thing that can prevent. Well, pre- first off, preventing kids from feeling inferior to every other mm-hmm. kid that is a huge step towards preserving mental health. Yeah, is not making kids feel like they're being ranked based off of stuff that they don't care about. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, a lot a lot of kids that I that I that I know in, through university, through school, no matter whatever, they've literally based their entire feeling of self worth off of what other people think of them, simply because that's the entire way our school system is set up. 
And then now you bring in social media with that and other people posting more impressive content, other people showing off their more impressive lives, and you've just lived your entire life in a school system that's completely based around other people's opinions of you and you looking at uh, and other kids that are doing better than you deemed better than you by the people who are supposed to be there to enrich and support you. That's a that's a big problem that affects people's mental well-being on mm-hmm. a, for a long time, for is extremely long term, and then that goes into adulthood and there now now we have our entire society thinking that way. Well, especially if some of that judgment is coming from your home. Yeah. It's so much worse if it's because coming from your parents. Because the same society because that that's what I'm saying. It's, it all mm-hmm. goes full circle. Yeah. School teaches you to believe that. Home teaches you to believe that because school taught them to believe that. Now you're convinced. And then you come full circle where now you're the parent and you believe this your entire life, you teach it to your kids, it comes full circle again. And now and until yeah. And, yeah, until we get a change in the in the school system where we have an idea similar similar to yours, where kids are actually it's like, okay, you want to do this? Here, we're gonna teach you how to do this. And it's not And we're gonna encourage you. Encourage I think that's you. the biggest thing. And I'm not saying take out grading. No, not at all. Leave grading in. No, let, yeah, necessary. you grade the class, but you grade the class based on how far people went into it yes because it's and 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 the only reason you can do that is because if it's their actual interest you can mark them based on how much work they do in their interest and how much interest you could tell that they're showing yeah you know because maybe some people just do this like fuck it i'm just gonna choose like you know like cannabis i don't really give a shit i smoke weed from time to time but like you know it's chill and they don't they don't actually like give a shit about it. Whereas yeah. like you could have somebody choose this exact same topic and he's like, Oh, so like these are all the the medical benefits that people aren't telling you about. And this is what the economic boost is gonna do, and these are the jobs that are being created around it, blah blah blah. That is how I think it should be graded. Yeah. Based on the effort and interest that you put into to discover your topic. I just really feel like school because being a person who who is in a career that wasn't really especially in grade school was in zero way even presented of, to me yeah. or thought of. Like, I feel like students should be given opportunities to find things that are outside the regular realm of mm-hmm. what's deemed possible or achievable and really give them a chance to explore what it is that they would really like to do for the rest of their life. Or And, and, also, and also, math classes. Start teaching kids how to do their fucking taxes. Yeah. That's a very important Financial thing. Financial planning. Financial planning, yeah. But anyway... Sorry, that was a complete blurt, but like yeah. that's just that's one thing that I'm really bothers me. It's like, yo, school never taught me how to do my taxes. I had to go online for that shit and talk to my mom to, to figure that shit out. No, yeah. school should be teaching you that. Yeah. Anyway, but no, there like there would be a huge benefit not only in morale in students, not only and, and morale of people in general moving outside of school if pursuing your passions was something that's ingrained in students from a young age because mm-hmm. i can see zero negative benefits because uh, school still still revolves around the factory worker mentality of, yeah of just school was made for factory workers to be educated on how to work in a factory or or get a job working for somebody else give you basic education and then you go do that school's meant to get you benefits yeah and to me there's no benefit better than freedom 100 percent freedom freedom and and passion that drives hard work. Like I find, like when I hear somebody be like, "Well, what about like benefits, like uh, like a health plan and a pension?" That like makes me sick. Yeah, and it's not because I don't think those things aren't important. They are. Makes they're, you sick. <laughs> wish, very- you wish you had a health plan. <laughs> <laughs> that was good, but no, it's not because I don't think those things are important. It's just no, I know. 
I value fulfillment and freedom over everything, and I'm not willing to sacrifice, and I or I am willing to sacrifice those things in pursuit of that. Yeah, I've had a lot of people who after they feel after they've heard that I'm an entrepreneur, that I'm freelance, I do what I I do what I do outside of a regular paycheck and, and working for somebody. A lot of people look at me like I'm fucking crazy. Like what? What? Why would you take so much risk? It's because I see, I would rather have zero dollars, zero benefits, and be doing something that I actually wake up and not go, oh, it's Monday, I have to go to work. I would rather be able to wake up and go, oh, I get to go mix a client's track today. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do it. I'm fucking down. And can sit there and want to do the work, just like in school, how I didn't want to do the work. Now I have a job. Because the thing is, if you get used to that, you just going to school, doing whatever, you don't want to do it, and then when you get out of school, what are you going to do? Get a job. Yeah. Just do it because you have to, just like school. And like being a person who's, uh, yes, I, I'm not a psychology major. I understand that. But I, I majored in anthropology, minor in sociology, and took psychology classes throughout my years at, at Carleton. And it, it's just classic conditioning. Mm-hmm. And it, just, it, just, it only takes 22, or sorry, 20 days on average for a human to create a new habit. Actually, no, they, uh, I read that recently. It's been changed between 60 to 100. Really? Yeah, they've oh, updated it. They've updated it. Okay, sorry. My, my psych textbook is out of, out of date. But anyway. it, uh, it's, 20, it's usually about 20 to 30 days for temporary habits. Temporary habits. Okay, okay. So like, I guess for the, the minimum to but make for long term habits. For long-term habits, yeah. Okay. Is about 60 to 100. Even then, 60, let's say it's 100 days. How many days do you spend at school a year? At least 200, probably about 250. And you're in school every single year. For 12 years minimum. Mm-hmm. Minimum. Mm-hmm. So that's for creating more than a habit. It's creating your your life. It's creating a lifestyle that's toxic. Well, to, I know to, a lot of To people, an extent. I know a lot of people who, when it comes to school and comes to education, realize that they can only be successful in that environment because yep. they're not prepared for anything else. Yeah. So they've learned how to be an excellent student. They've learned how to get the best grades. They've learned how to like use that system to their advantage. But then they start stressing as they get further throughout university because they're like, it's free for I, I don't fucking know how to do anything else. Yep. Like, what am I supposed to do when there's not exams or tests? Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that causes a lot of anxiety for a ton of anxiety because all they are ever taught is how, or all they ever believe is to be successful is write tests, and then eventually you get to the point where you realize like, oh shit, like these tests don't matter. I have I have met so many brilliant brilliant people that are like the smartest people I know that as soon as they got out of school, they graduated. I'm like, what you, what are you going to do now? And they're like, I literally have no idea. I've just been in school. I hate my, I hate my thing that I'm studying. And I, I was just a good student. I was good at it. And that's the only reason I did it. And then now it's like, all right, you got to go get a job in that. Well, fuck no, I don't want to, (laughs) but like, that's all they are able to basically Mm -hmm. The way the school systems are set up right now is completely toxic, and I would more than welcome a complete flip of the school system. And seeing my brother, who is ten years old, going through the same the same school system that hasn't changed since like my grandma went to school, other than adding a couple projectors and smartboards and yeah. Chromebooks, seeing the same thing that they all like that everyone's gone through, it's like, like bro, like what, like something's got to change, and. Now that we're getting into where mental health is something we're regularly talking about, especially in schools, soon enough, it's going where someone's going to speak loud enough and eventually school boards are around, excuse me, 
across the country or even just in Ontario somewhere. Hopefully school boards catch wind of how negatively schools affect students' mental health the I don't way think they're they set up right will. now. I, I I do and I feel like if they don't, there's there's gonna be some sort of responsibility that's go, there's gonna be something that happens. Something that happens. I think God it's forbid. Be, but I, the, like God forbid it's not someone who kills himself, but No, because that happens every day in their school systems. But it's, it's gonna happen where the, the the body count from schools is gonna be, go so high, they're gonna have to change something. I don't think it's gonna be that. I think there's it's gonna, gonna be, be a complete economic shift. I think it's gonna be a total economic collapse. And part of that is going to be from all the debt that people are collecting to go to these educational educational institutes. I'm talking more grade school rather than no, I am. At but I think I think it starts there and it works its way down. Yeah, because yeah. oh, it, it will start at universities. Yeah, that's the most. They're the most progressive schools. Yes, because well, what ends up what like imagine this. So let's say an economic collapse happens and it's it's atrocious and it maybe it's as bad as the recession in 2008 mm-hmm. maybe it's worse maybe it's a full depression who knows yeah. but eventually something is going to happen when you have so many people that are coming out with hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt to get a degree that they don't want to work a job that they're not going to like and then that's not going to pay them well enough to pay off that degree then they have extremely high interest rates that they can't claim bankruptcy on Mm -hmm. that is going to create a huge economic collapse and the trickle down effect ironically enough uh what that what's going to happen there is people are going to realize wait if all of this or not all of it but if much of this in the same way that real estate caused the collapse in 2008 if it's post-secondary education and debt it's the debt economy is causing this then people going into degrees that they hate people tolerating jobs that don't pay that well and people not figuring themselves out first is not actually going to make us survive what is going to make us survive is all of us doing what we love and what we like Mm -hmm. and the only way to combat a future collapse like this is by pointing kids in the direction of things that they can be passionate about yeah that's how i see it happening i think it's going to take such a huge economic shift for us to realize like oh shit we're not doing things right yeah when the consequences are finally revealed that's a very more realistic way of how things could happen my way is more i hope it happens this way no i agree but i just think that there's well yeah there's kids that die every single week in Canada because yep. school, the pressures of school and their parents and all these other things is just amounting too much. Because of the way society is bre- or schools have bred these people yes, that, I agree. That, that birthed them and then they're putting that pressure on them and everything's still the same. But if the education system actually cared about the mental well-being, the mental health and the suicide rate amongst teens in this country, then they would have already actively done something exponential about it that's what i'm uh, i'm hoping that within the within the near future something does happen where they do realize that they're fucking up kids to the point where they don't want to live anymore yeah hopefully that catches someone's ear who who can make some change and it doesn't take an entire economic collapse ruining so many people's lives even further than they're already ruined by the school system now for the school system to change. I think what it might also take is somebody that doesn't come from an educational background to be a, on Extremely top of education. Yeah. No, no, to be like the head of education of like a school board or something. That's and by that that's I mean, never going to happen. Unfortunately, and by that I mean like somebody that is like a 
an incredible personal development coach. People that know how to get the most out of people and know that, and maybe they've spent like the last 20 to 30 years helping build organizations and creating organizational cultures that can bring out the most in their employees. Unless because someone, then they can re-engineer that to bring out the most in our students to get the, the most output. Unless someone who's completely outside of the school board who does have these organizations or an, an organization that they funded that has that same mission buys out the school board. That's, no, real, that's the thing. It's a public. It's, it's that's a public the good. That's the, that, I, I'm saying it's not possible. Yeah. That's the only that's the only way that they'll let a person who isn't educated get into the education system. Well, they'd be educated. They what just are, wouldn't be no, no, no. I'm an saying, educator. I'm saying you're saying a person who does didn't go through a regular educational No, background. no, no. I'm not saying that at all. Oh, I'm okay, saying my bad. I'm saying somebody that hasn't been a teacher or hasn't been a principal. Oh, I thought you meant someone who like didn't go no, to no, 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 no. get a university no, degree so they, or whatever. They, yeah, like they could have that and maybe master's PhD or whatever. But their job hasn't been to be a teacher or a vice principal or principal okay, or like okay, a guidance okay. counselor. Their job has possibly been to, you know, like make sure that organizations create a, a very strong culture that people want to show up to work every single day. And then they are able to re-engineer that so that people provide the most that they possibly can and get the most out of their employees. And then they re-engineer that within the school system. Okay. I think that's what it's going to like might have to take. I just really hope different that thinkers being a person who was a different thinker inside of high school, inside of elementary school, inside of university, being a person who thought completely different to how things were. I really, yeah, I believe it will have to take someone who thinks even more differently than the way that drastically, I drastically, yeah. drastically different to any way that anyone has ever thought of to change the school system. And I really hope it doesn't take an entire economic collapse to change the school system. But knowing that the school system is money driven, and funded by the government, which is money driven, it might ha it might take that. But I don't know. I feel like the mental health of students, the feeling of because that because the, the feeling of the one of the main causes of people not having a positive outlook on their life and themselves is the fact that they're not deemed successful by a standard means of what is deemed to be successful within the school system that they've been brought up in. So that is a big trigger for people to for their mental health to deteriorate. Yes. So until we get into the school system that kids can do what it is that they like, do what it is that they want and make money off that. And you don't have to make X amount of dollars, be a, be a lawyer, be a doctor to be successful, deemed successful. Success is just you doing what you want. That success. Yeah. It's the degree to which you want to do what you want every single day of your life. Yeah. And until that is ingrained in schools, which I hope doesn't take an entire economic collapse to happen. We're not really going to see much change. Unfortunately, it might take, it's going to take years for it to happen. I hope it happens in the next 10, 15 years minimum. Um, sorry, next 10, 15 years maximum. That's what I hope. But knowing how slowly things change, especially with, with the government, who knows? Yeah. Anyway, but, that's that's my rant on the school system that I am 0% a fan of. But with that said, so we're at an hour and almost 22 minutes into yeah, the podcast. 81 minutes. Yeah, so we kind of went off on a little bit of a Blarton tangent to end the pod, but I think it was really good and insightful. And if, uh, if you agree with any of the things we said, um, let us know. If you disagreed, also let us know. Yeah. And so we're going to pass on the question to you if any of you care so much to answer. And you can find us at WLN Podcast on Instagram and DM us there. And that is, what do you think about the current educational system and kind of what we were talking about? Do you think that having a personal development course where you can have 
people explore their passions or learn their interests and go deeper. Do you think that's a good idea? Do you think it's a bad? Why? Why? Yeah. Why? Really, really go into. And, and if you think it's a good idea, let us know. If you think it's a bad idea, yeah, let we'd us love know. to have another conversation about this uh, on an upcoming pod. So. Yeah, whatever you could think of, please let us know. Feel free. We really love reading whatever DMs we get. So, yeah, that yeah. kind of ends today. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, you're a real true fan. Make sure you head over to our Instagram again at WLN Podcast. Answer the question. Give us a follow and stay up to date with everything that is WLN. Uh, we might be doing some more giveaways soon if we uh, if we get some people who uh, who want to, you know. Give us some stuff to give away. So, mm-hmm. uh, so let us know if you are a local business. I'd love to help support some local businesses, even if it is that we have to purchase some stuff from you to give it on the podcast to help you get a little bit of promotion. We're totally fine with that. Anyway, with that being said, answer the question, WLN Podcast on Instagram. We love you. See us next week or I guess in two days on Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll talk to you then. Have a good night. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs>